All right, guys, welcome back to your KOH update. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by Cody. What up, what up? And also Randy. What's happening? So for just getting started, want to say sorry. We didn't get a chance to record last night, and we will go into why. <laughs> um, but yesterday was the qualifying, and uh, we talked about – I'm sorry, two days ago was qualifying, and we talked about how much stress that was. And then yesterday – we had to kind of go over some stuff and make sure we were ready to go for the tech inspection and then ultimately race day. So overall, qualifying went really well. I don't know if anybody got to, saw, to see the run on YouTube. They were doing the live coverage. Um, we didn't get quite as much airtime as, as we wanted on the video, but uh, we did get a really, really good in-car video with the GoPros. We need to get that posted. So we will get that posted for sure. But uh, basically, uh, do you guys want to go over your qualifying run and, and what we found after we kind of got to checking the car over? Yeah, so qualifying was good. I think we've spoke about how that went. Um, everything, All the official results are finally out now. We qualified seventh in class um, right behind Brian Deegan, and we qualified, I think, 29th in overall position. So we'll be starting 29th um, at the start. Which is really good, honestly. Um, puts us in a good spot. I'm a little nervous about the desert now. I wasn't before, but we ran the desert yesterday in the Pro R at, oh, I don't know, Randy, how fast were we going? Well, I'd say most of the time we were doing somewhere in the high 60s, low 70s, but we did see close to 90, like 87 a couple times pop up on a speedometer. Yeah, there was a uh, Optimate um, helicopter flying over us when we were going about 85, and I remember rolling into it as deep as I could roll into it just it because it had to look cool from overhead. God, so. it was cool. We, I was sitting there, and I just kind of glanced out to my right shoulder, and it looked like I could throw a baseball and hit this thing, just flying sideways right beside us. Yeah, they were like, the chopper was a little bit sideways, and they were just chasing us through the desert. I don't know if they're videoing what they're doing, but it was definitely made for a good good shoot. I'd love to see the video if they got it. And we had talked previously about how much uh, side by sides have come in the past few years, and you were hitting upper seventies in the race car, which is highly modified. Uh huh. And your Pro R is essentially completely as it comes from the factory. And we were going faster. And you were going faster. Yeah. So that comes with wheelbase and with, um, obviously, horsepower. That car is just insane. I mean, you drove it, crashed it the first day we were here. You know what it's all about. It's a lot to handle, for sure. But uh, we we had our notes are good. Um, we ran the desert at, at I'm going to say, above race speed in the Pro-R. And our notes were so good that, you know, at 20 mile an hour faster, we were still able to call things out. And uh, we had a couple sketchy moments where Randy was calling reds and, I wasn't lifting. and <laughs> So take a second for the folks at home. Explain very briefly what notes are and the colors associated. So a lot of people do things differently. Um, the most common notes are one through five, um, L and R, meaning L is left hand, R is right hand. One would be first gear, five would be fifth gear. That's what everyone uses. That's like the most common terminology for how people take notes mainly because of like the motocross background where most of us come the race UTVs originally originally come from and also rally. Um, I use green, yellows, and reds. Another very popular way to note it. Um, green means go. Yellow means kind of a caution. Red is you need to be checked up big time. We will drop on top of the reds danger where there's a section where you need to be almost crawling or like that could 
if you hit that faster than crawling, it's going to end up bad. So um, that's just how we, that's how I make my notes. And I use notes as far as like, so I won't know everything a whole, whole bunch. So if there's a green and I know it's green for a while, I may not make another note until it's yellow. So when Randy calls notes out to me, I want to hear green, maybe another green if we marked it that way, and then, hey, yellow 100 foot. So I know from the time I see, he tells me green to the next marking, it's it's green. And um, you can just haul the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Some so, people – go ahead, Randy. So, yeah, like expanding on that, like it, in on my side of it, I have to pay close attention to uh, the speed we're going because if, like he said, he wants to called out red at 100 feet, which is great if we're in a yellow doing – lower speeds but when we're hauling ass green at 80 mile an hour i gotta know to call those out earlier and kind of step it back before he gets to that point need time to slow it down yeah and that's where we got in trouble yesterday was is we were going so so much faster than we made our notes um the speed change was not the same as when we were currently pre-running but that is the way you want it to do it you want your notes to be aired on the caution side not the other way around um so we have really good notes. We uh, made a few changes in the desert, mainly due to speed. Um, other than that, our, our notes are killer, and um, the dust is going to be real out there. Last year, the desert was not near as fast. Uh, I think that's where my, my caution comes into play is because of the speed the desert's going to be this year. Unfortunately, this is a Canium sponsored event, and they uh, tend to build course around um, the capabilities of their machines. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which the Canium shines in the desert. Um, it's a fast, fast desert. You will see speeds up up over 100 mile an hour in the desert this year. And the speed aspect, most people at home don't really realize how much goes into every mile an hour that you gain. Shocks is only half the battle. We're a, a CVT belt driven machine, and we have a temperature sensor inside the belt cover constantly monitoring the speeds because it's ultimately made of fibers and rubber and will delaminate if it gets too hot yep it sure will so again you break that you're not going anywhere you got to stop and change it and in a race setting time is some time yep so so we were in the desert yesterday it was really awesome um after we got well i should say before we left for the desert we noticed at that point that the I noticed that the passenger side tie rod or, or tire I should say appeared to be out of alignment. Pulled the tape measure on it. I think it was something like five inches out. Um, and we come to find out the lower frame section got bent on the race car in qualifying uh, when I hit the big rock. Which again, we need to get that video posted so everybody can see it. And I brought one with me. So while we were out running the desert, everyone was back at, at camp here in the garage. Um, dropping the lower frame out of the front of the car, putting the new front frame section in it, so uh, it was back in action. So that, I mean, not to toot our own horns or anything, but it goes back to having the right crew out here. If you were just a guy by yourself, you wouldn't have the chance to go do the pre-running because you'd be fixing your car. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, that's huge, you know. And, again, I can't say thank you enough for people that came out here with me and the people that are just willing to jump in and work. I mean, Nate, man, bless his heart. That dude is just amazing. And the quality work he puts out every time is, is always top-notch, and he makes sure that we're never settling. We're always, you know, getting the best it can be. And then, you know, Dylan and Trey and, and uh, Jason and um, you, Sam, just jumping in and, and making it happen and getting things done so we can get that car back together because I'll be honest, we race in less than 
12 hours now, I think, or maybe 12, 13, 15 14. hours, It's coming it right up. It's getting close. And I, the shocks, we're still not done shock testing. We're going to uh, go out there and do some shock testing right now as soon as we get done with this and uh, see if we can get that car settled out in the rough. So an- another thing to talk about is you'll see in the video when he hits the rock, when that front portion of the steering wheel came off and got behind the brake pedal, it also, not only did it damage the front frame section, the radio came unplugged, and we had some other wiring issues just from the sheer shock of that hit. And it's, again, going back to your sponsors, you totaled the front of your race car frame, and we're using the same high lifter A-arms in the front, and they're yeah. good to go. Yeah, those things are just super beef and built awesome, and I'm super happy with them. We pre-ran with the high lifter stuff, and, man, we beat them up and with no issues. And all factory stuff, you know, they're, they're production-style Himes. And, you know, and those guys, they make production parts. Um, you know, it's not always the grade A Himes that they can put in those on, on a production piece. But, man, they're, they're great. We had no issues with them at all. And, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd buy them to wreck ride with all day long. So let's talk a second. Um, we've been having several conversations for the past 24 hours about our pit strategy. Another portion of your desert pre-run yesterday at speed was to kind of get an idea of how much fuel you were going to have to use in that desert section, hard on the throttle, all wide open sections. You're going to go be burning through a lot of fuel. And we talked earlier about how crucial the strategy is to pitting, how much time the pit stop takes you want to talk a little bit about where your head's at on that oh man it's in the clouds to be honest with you um so yeah this isn't just like a race like you just fill up your car and you go race and it is like you have to strategize how you're going to pit and so on and so forth so we have a really good qualifying position which means we're going to be up upwards in the top um third percent of everyone on the start and really about the top five percent of people in our class that being said, stopping at the first pit 35 miles in for fuel could really hurt us because it could let another third of the people that are behind us back around us while we're taking on fuel. Now, we have a two-gallon bigger fuel tank than the car comes out factory with. It's still a factory player's tank, um, but they, uh, they made one on a different model that was two-gallon more, and it's in the car. But... We, it, it's still only 12 gallons. It's still only 12 gallon. Um, all the factory guys are running our class, running 28, 32 gallon fuel cells. So they're not going to stop for fuel one time. Um, and again, we qualified seventh in class. And I think five of the seven people in front of us are all complete. These guys are get paid to go racing every day. That's what they do for a living is race. They have no day job. They could get up in the morning and they work on race cars and they race. That's what they do for a living. And so the top five guys in front of us, are not even going to stop for fuel. So we're already at a disadvantage there that we have to stop and pit um, because we don't have the $6,000 oversized fuel cell that goes in these cars to be able to do that. So after remote pit one, you have approximately 50-some miles before your next chance to pit, and it's all hard on the throttle, wide open. Yeah. So, so we've been we've been testing fuel consumption trying to see if we can bypass that first pit stop and run in to the next pit stop on fumes. Yeah, and on fumes is definitely what it's going to be. Uh, it's, I think, what is it, Randy, 80 miles? It's a 80-miles loop for the desert. The first 35 miles is before remote pit one, so we got to finish that loop 
on one tank of fuel, which is very concerning on my part. I don't know these machines like you guys do. Don't know the fuel consumption. But the concerning part for me is if we run out of fuel two, three, five miles out, whatever it is, now I'm hoofing it. Randy's got to run. So, like we said before, this is considered a no-chase race, meaning the only people that can touch the vehicle outside of the pit area is the driver and co-driver. So, and it happened last year in, it was in the open class, but a co-driver hopped out of the car, ran like three or four miles to the pit, they ratchet strapped the fuel can to his back, and he hiked back and put fuel in the in the driver's car. Yeah, it was Brian Deegan. That's who it was. Last it was year. Brian yep. Deegan. It was Brian Deegan. It was Terry Madden. I did it for Brian Deegan, and and they still finished like top twenty. They were the twentieth finisher. So, you whatever know, he paid his co-driver wasn't enough. This uh this race, the amount of time you do have is there, but there's a lot of stuff that's got to get done in that amount of time. So if you're having a perfect race and you just run out of fuel. Randy can probably make the six-mile hike there and back, and we could still finish um, and be considered a finisher, but we're not going to do as well as we're hoping to, to get out of this race. So yesterday we pre-ran in the Pro-R, which is a four-cylinder. Um, our race car is a turbo two-cylinder. Uh, from the research we can see online, the Pro-R is 25% more fuel consumption than the turbo, but our car is tuned with bigger horsepower, so there's some that takes some of that percentage backwards the other way so if we can make it if we can make it we're going to come into the pit with probably a gallon or less of fuel now we also yesterday clocked how much time it takes to stop and fuel um, and it's roughly about a minute to dump five gallon in the car which we wouldn't even take five gallon 35 miles in unfortunately but i still think it's about a four minute delay by the time you pull in gets pull in the pits because then it's the speed limit once you get in the pit the pits a quarter mile long say i don't know um exactly what it is by the time you get pulled in fueled and pulled out it's at least three to five minutes and it's only 35 miles in so that's going to let everyone that started behind us catch us and potentially pass us and now we got 50 miles of desert and dust to deal with before we hit the rocks because the most important thing is is you want to go in the rocks early. You want to be you want to be in the top 25 people in the rocks because of the inexperience and the carnage and the flipping and the everything like everything's going to go wrong in this race is going to happen in the rocks. And you can get really held up if you are uh, messed up in the desert and don't get an early run to the rocks. So we got your pre-running done in the Pro R and we got the front frame section replaced and then we set about getting everything put back on the car and ready to go for your actual tech inspection this morning yeah we uh so we got the car kind of tech uh, tech ready where there's a few things you got to do like um put cotter pins in the seat belt latches and things like that um that we didn't have done previous that we did plus get all our fire gear out safety equipment out so we can make sure we can pass tech and get through tech um and then during that is when we found out the pumper um, wasn't actually working. So when I thought it was off during qualifying, the pumper was actually broken. The the wiring had a small issue that wasn't feeding power to the to the pumper motor. So yeah, so we tore the car apart last night and rewired that and got that all fixed up. And uh, so that was that was good. In the meantime, we have brought our RC crawlers out here to the lake bed, and it's been uh, quite the evening adventures every night, wheeling on rocks on <laughs> in the food trailer. 
and the neighbors have come over and really enjoyed doing it too so it's kind of kind of turned into quite the party so while we were working on the car the neighbors showed up last night like let's go rc wheel we were still working on the car but we got it uh buttoned up to a point where we could stop last night and come in the food trailer where we kind of hang out in a dustless i should say the as dustless as it comes out here and uh, had a few drinks and uh, enjoyed some rc wheeling so i've been asked several times you know people just don't understand what this race is about and we had a couple issues last year that we were able to take care of during the race and then you've made changes to the car because of those issues primarily it was the steering issue last year and i've told multiple people this you cannot plan for everything you can take your best guess of what's going to go wrong and try to solve for that and never in a million years would i thought a connector would go bad on a power you know bus bar relay section causing the pumper not to work and it's a pretty minute little piece of wire with a butt connector but if that goes out in the middle of the desert while you're running through dust you're you're basically handicapped yeah that that along with the fact that you just have to purely deal with the heat um you know we're all bundled up and stuff and it's cool it's gonna be cold when we start tomorrow but today i was I'm, i could be down on a t-shirt it's warm in here right now um and it's gonna be hot in the middle of the day and that's gonna be when we're in the rocks and that's when it's gonna be your you know it's gonna be the hottest of the day and with no air blowing across your face it's that would make it miserable so hopefully that's fixed um tonight we're gonna race prep the car and go over 100 percent. we're gonna put all new shock bolts in it all new air bolts in it um new lug nuts on it make sure we got uh everything we need there in order to get the car you know as good as it possibly could be when we leave leave for the desert loop so after we got all that kind of taken care of we were doing our rc crawling and uh we have the starlink set up for internet out here and with the the live broadcasts they're doing we've had the tv set up watching some of their live broadcast and last night was the holly efi it's called the backdoor shootout because it used to always be at the backdoor obstacle but this year because of I'm sure many reasons they decided to have it on Chocolate Thunder, which coincidentally was exactly where you guys did your qualifying the other day. Um, and it was almost a slap in the face to say how difficult, you know, we're doing this shootout where people have to really push their cars to the limits to get through this course. And it was essentially a condensed version of what you guys both pre-ran several times as well as actually did your qualifying on. Yeah, I would be uh, I'd be disappointed if I was in the shootout and had to run a race that's supposed to be the toughest thing ever, and UTVs were qualifying on it. But that's besides the point. They put on a good show. It's all it's fun to watch those big bouncers uh, do their thing, and they had a reason for the running it over there, and that we don't know, and uh, didn't make it very spectator friendly. I would say for us to really watch because there wasn't a whole bunch of carnage. But uh, we opted to miss the shootout last night and go over to the Ultra 3, which if anyone knows anything about hammers, um, there's like a quote-unquote underground, non-sanctioned, non-advertised race that happens out here on Tuesday nights, and it's on ATC 73 wheelers. And essentially, I don't even know who puts it on, but it's just out in the campground. There's a hole dug in the middle of the sand. <laughs> That's just a, what would you say, it's probably about 60 foot across? Yeah, probably about 60 foot across, just a bowl dug out with a divot it's, in the middle, and it's like, it's a, like banked na- turn yeah. all the way around. It's like NASCAR bank turns all the way around. 
Um, I've I've been told the rules are it only has to start life as an ATC seventy. That's the only rule. It what must you, it must be because I seen a couple two strokes out there, and I yeah. don't think they made any ATCs two strokes. Yeah, what you do to it after it starts life as an ATC ATC seventy. I think it's totally up to you. I mean, and there is some creations out there. And what I think is so funny about that is anyone can race that race. Go put your name on the board, and they just, like, will let you ride there through there or someone else's through there. Like, there's there's a graveyard of them out there. There's a whole bunch of them. Some of them are super performance and super wild and, ho- and uh, hopped up, and other ones are just old ATC 70s. They just race around a circle in the middle of the desert, and it is, they put on a party out there. The idea behind it is they start at opposite you know edges of the circle and when they say go they race until one person catches the other one person catches the other or 10 laps or 10 laps yeah so as we were watching it last night there was a guy that i don't know he got crossed up somehow he pulled a sam derrickson and he wrecked and rolled off of the the three-wheeler and then the guy behind him ended up running him over. They were both yeah. ter- perfectly fine, but yeah, the guy behind him come run him over. But you know, in, in uh, consideration for that guy, that guy just completely dives off the three wheeler to help take it. You know, so it doesn't hit him so hard, and he's barrel rolling in front of the other three wheeler. Yeah, it's a it's a blast to watch, and uh, the guys that put it on, it's kind of funny. They got like an actual board and an announcer and music, and uh, they put on a pretty good show out there for. It being kind of quote-unquote unsanctioned and just some guys that come camp here every year put a awesome show on in the middle of the desert for everyone to come watch on Tuesday night. and uh, It's always a big crowd over there for sure. There there's always seems to be shenanigans. I mean, it's, it's a big beer-drinking good time. They got like a big Christmas tree LED thing set up, and there's, I mean, just probably 200 people in the center of this circle and then another 150 you know, around the perimeter of the circle. Yeah. And it's Hell, just... Easter Bunny even showed up last night. <laughs> the Easter Bunny did show up. We're getting ready to turn around and walk away, and this Easter Bunny just comes walking right past us, so... Yeah. It was uh, it was fun. Uh, we were we were there last night, and there was a guy that had entirely too much to drink, and I didn't feel like he needed to be walking himself home, so I said, hey, jump on in the North Star. We'll get you home. That way, uh, you know, you make it home safe kind of thing. And... We left there. I was like, "Hey, where are you? Where are you camping at?" And he said, "I'm I'm by uh by Turkey Claw." So I start heading towards Turkey Claw. And he's like, "Oh, hey, I know where I'm at. Turn around. Like, do, do like a 180." He's like, "Yeah, do a 180." I was like, "Well, that's where we came from. Like, that's not where Turkey Claw is." So I do a 180, and he's like, "All right, take a left here." So I take a left, and he's like, "All right, take another left." So I take another left, and he's like, "All right, take another left." And I'm like, "Dude, we just did a circle <laughs> again." So. He obviously didn't know where he was camping at. I drove towards Turkey Claw, which is you know a, a good mile from where the through the race was, and finally decided about almost all the way there that he had no idea where he was camping at. And I said, "All right, we're here." And he got out, and I hope I hope the poor guy didn't sleep in the desert and freeze last night because it was I, a little chilly. Yeah, I was trying to do the nice thing and get him home safe, but uh, uh, that didn't happen. So, what time would you say we actually got back to the? back to the camper and went to bed oh man i don't know and that's i was just talking to nate about this it's going to be so hard and kind of getting back to normal life because not only am i completely used to california time right now because i've been out here for two weeks uh we've been up until one two in the morning every night and uh enjoying a couple adult beverages about every night yes and uh just gonna be a little weird going back to you know 
getting up and going to work and getting back to doing the routine again. But, you know, every – I mean, this is what I, I look forward to every year. This is kind of what I use all my vacation for and my time away from the shop and set things up so I can be gone and be out here because, you know, it's this is my vacation for, for the year. So, so I mean, we – we enjoy this quite quite a bit, and we thank you for the for the opportunity to get us out here and doing this. Because without you racing this race, I'd have really no means to get out here or reason even really to be out here. But yeah, I I'm kind of the same way. I I'm normally in bed by nine o'clock every night, and I don't think we've been back to the campsite before nine o'clock any night this whole week. No, definitely not at all, not at all. And then I got a phone call from Highlifter couple days ago that they want the race car at the aim show if all possible which is actually next week so it'd be kind of silly if i drove which is in vegas if i drove all the way to illinois and then turned right back around and drove all the way back out to california so i'm considering basically leaving here going to vegas and being there for another week um so they can use the race car in their booth Uh, i haven't committed to it yet but you know for all the support they've done for me and what the things they've done for me this year, I kind of feel like I owe it to them. And uh, if I can make it happen for them, I'm definitely going to. For sure. So, um, yeah, so basically that was kind of yesterday's events. And uh, then today we had our our tech inspection, and we may do a little bit of a... Yeah, we'll uh, go out and do some shock testing right now and get back from shock testing, get the race car prepped, and uh, probably come in here and do some RC wheeling and shoot another podcast and it's gonna be an early night tonight because i think we uh cars gonna be at starting line at 6 a.m tomorrow yeah we cannot be up till midnight tonight <laughs> no way so i'm gonna promise you and you promise me when that when it gets into the later hours of the night we need to just call it and and go home so i'm over here eating an ice cream sandwich and drinking a bottle of water bottle of water where these guys are drinking twisted teas and alcohol so i'm trying to behave myself already today um and uh not drink anything tonight since i got a race tomorrow uh, but uh, it's it's going to be good. It's getting there. I'm a little bit nervous about the desert. I said I wasn't nervous at all about the race. Um, as it's getting a little bit closer closer to the time, the desert's making me a little nervous just because of the speeds. Um, not only the speeds that we're going to be running, but the speeds that competitors are going to be running and the dust. Uh, you mix up five, six race cars at 80 mile an hour, things can go south in a hurry. That's actually the part that makes me the most nervous. I mean, there's a potential that we'd be running 20, 25 mile an hour slower than a guy coming up in our dust. Yeah. And the the other thing is, is not everyone drives smart. So in the desert, people are going to push it as fast as their car will go, which I will not do that because it'll, it'll kill a car. So you're in the dust. You're driving off of notes because you can't see nothing, right? You're driving strictly off of notes, and there's a car dead right in the middle of the track in front of you. You could hit him at 70 mile an hour. And now that's he, and he's not – and that happens. That'll happen – that normally happens two or three times a year. That'll happen five or six times this year. Because, like you said, they, they changed the course up just a little bit this year. And yep. and they're calling for no wind tomorrow, so the dust is not going to go nowhere. Um, it's the, the desert – more cars will be killed in the desert this year than normal. With belt breakage and carnage and the dust, it's, it's going to be a real thing. Yep. Well, that pretty much sums it up for uh, our race prep day. So, uh, guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll try to get some more updates out to you soon. Thanks for having us, Samuel. Thanks for having us, Sam.